The Rebrand Podcast is a proud member of the I Hear Everything Podcast Network. Looking to launch or scale your podcast? I Hear Everything delivers podcast production, growth, and monetization solutions that transform your words into profit. Ready to give your brand a voice? Then visit IHearEverything.com. Welcome to the Rebrand Podcast, and I Hear Everything production. This podcast tells the stories of world-changing marketing campaigns as told by the people who build them. In each episode, you'll hear an earful of brilliance from a marketer who has brought an iconic brand to life. Ready to hear the secrets and untold stories behind the brands you love? Then sit back, relax, and get ready for the rebrand. Here's the host of the Rebrand Podcast, the CEO of OH Partners, Scott Harkey. All right, welcome to the Rebrand Podcast, where we tell the untold stories of world-changing brand campaigns as told by the marketers who built them. I'm your host and founder of OH Partners, Scott Harkey. And today we're going to discuss how personal finance brand rocket ship landed with Rocket Mortgage and the Rocket family of brands. Joining us is Casey Herbis, who's the CMO of Rocket Mortgage, which is America's largest mortgage lender, helping millions achieve the dream of home ownership. They've revolutionized the industry with the world's first online mortgage experience. The mission behind Rocket Mortgage is clear. Make the complicated home financing process simpler using innovative technology and amazing team members. All right, here we go. Casey, I've talked to him before. I've heard him speak, and I'm super excited to have him on this podcast. So joining us right now is Casey, the CMO of Rocket Mortgage and all the Rocket Mortgage family brands. Let's talk about how the hell this brand got going. And I want to talk about your background, um, your leader in the marketing industry. So we're just going to rip today. What's up, brother? Hey, Scott, how are you doing today? It's a, it's a beautiful late fall day here in Michigan, and I'm excited to get a chance to chat with you again and, you know, share with you uh, what we got going on at Rocket and everything here in the, the great state of Michigan and the city of Detroit. Let's hear it. So, I mean, we've all seen the commercials. We've heard the brand, obviously, Dan Gilbert behind these companies. I think you, as you and I were talking, you've been there about five and a half years. Like, tell me the story of how this brand was built and how it became the household name. Yeah, and, and you started talking about our, our chairman and founder, Dan Gilbert. Dan started the company. He was a Michigan State graduate, started selling mortgages in the summer and, you know, then said, you know what, this might be a, a nice little business to start off my professional career. And 37 years later, in some ways, we're a 37-year startup. And, you know, it really started with the vision that Dan Gilbert started coming out of Michigan State. And, you know, along the way, the company was sold into it. Dan bought it back from Intuit back in 2002. And then the Quicken Loans name was born. And then as, as the early 2010s started coming about, about, then the discussion was like, hey, can we, we're online, right? And the, the folks were able to experience and get a mortgage and work with a broker or a lender, uh, one of our bankers online. The question was, can we take the mortgage process origination from front to back end and put it online, make it a truly seamless experience. And if you think about that, that decision coming out of very turbulent financial times of 2008, 9, and 10, the Rocket Mortgage was born really on the Super Bowl in 2016. So sometimes you got to pinch yourself and realize when you realize that the Rocket Mortgage brand is only six years old. 
And it's been a wild ride. I've been fortunate enough to be the CMO of Rocket uh, over the last five and a half years. And so blessed to be able to work at a great company and, you know, on a great brand like Rocket. And, you know, in some ways we're just getting started. I love what you said. You said we're a 37 year old startup and you guys definitely, I've got to know a lot of you and your team, you know, Ian and others, and you guys definitely have that grind startup mentality. Is, is that something that's through the whole fabric of the company that that kind of hustle is it is it because the city of Detroit kind of thing like how did you do like a brand workshop to discover like that's kind of part of the fabric of the people of the company like how like how do you guys have that philosophy yeah that's a great question Scott and and really it starts all the way back at the beginning as I mentioned with our chairman and founder Dan Gilbert and our leadership now when Dan started building the company back in the late 80s he asked himself like we should, should we? And the answer was yes, obviously. We need to have foundational values that we can use to help us make decisions and guide the future of our company wherever it may go. And he developed these very simple sayings, if you will, that are embody our spirit and our culture, and they're called isms. And there's 20 of them right now. They're very simple. It's yes before no, obsessed with finding a better way. Every client, every time, no exceptions, no excuses. A penny saves is just a penny. They go on and on, and it's really woven the fabric of who we are in that a lot of companies have, we'll call them isms or values, and probably in most cases, they sit on an intranet site or they're spoken at a board meeting or they're maybe spoken here and there. But I will tell you, Scott, there's not a day. I would probably put the over-under on the times that an ism is used in a meeting, in a one-on-one discussion, talking to team members uh, in one-on-ones, standing up in front of you know hundreds or thousands of team members. I bet you the over/under on isms on any day, on any day at Rockets, I'm gonna go 22 and a half, and I would take the over during the course of the day. But it's it's really important because that really grounds who we are and kind of tongue-in-cheek say a 37-year startup. I mean, we've got 25,000 team members that work uh, at Rocket and the family of companies vast majority of us are in downtown Detroit. We're a larger employer than General Motors in the city. A lot of people like open their eyes wide when they hear that. And Dan always talks about in Detroit. And if you know Detroit, you know, when I talk about Detroit as being at the intersection of brains and muscle, that Mm. resonates. I mean, I'm a very typical kid. Grandfathers and grandparents immigrated to this country, worked in the auto industry and make no mistake, we are the Motor City. But, you know, there's a lot of tech movement, right? Whether it's in automotive with automation and autonomous driving, and certainly in the fintech space, you know, with certainly Rocket and the Rocket family companies leading the charge in uh, Detroit. I love that you branded kind of your values of the company and made them really unique to you. I think companies miss this a lot. But some of the greatest companies, whether it's been Amazon, I mean, I don't know if people have seen this, the Uber Super Pump a movie. I had a bunch of friends there. And, you know, Uber had a lot of things that were kind of crazy, but... I loved his kind of values that he created. We actually, our company used um, that same format for some of ours. And I think rolling in the fabric of the personality and values and what you'll accept internally is as important before you can do external marketing. You guys sound like like you nailed that. But I do want to go back to Super Bowl 2016 and the bet you made on Rocket Mortgage. Did you have the data and confirmation and confidence that that would hit? How did you guys know to, to make that bold of a move so early? Yeah, I mean, um, I was not there in 2016 as they made the bet, but I was in the automotive space. I spent 25 years in automotive, and I was watching what Quicken Loans 
was working on and then subsequently launching uh, Rocket. And I'll tell you, to be an advertiser in the Super Bowl is uh, not for the faint of heart. I mean, it's generally 50 to 65 advertisers every Super Bowl Sunday. On average, let's just say a 60-second spot nowadays, is we'll call it 10 million, 10 million for the 60, plus all the digital and the social production, what have you. I would say it's about a $20 million 60-second bet. It is not for the faint of heart. You know, as I say as a CMO, it's the most exciting and painful 60 seconds of my year because of all the work that goes into it. Now, you know, from a marketing standpoint, it's the world's biggest stage, right? You get 100, call it, you know, in the U.S., 110, 120 million folks that are watching, and you get the casual fans and certainly uh, the fans of the NFL. And, and it's a big bet. It's a big bet for a brand. And when we made the decision to launch Rocket Mortgage, we took the biggest stage of them all. And we've been fortunate, and, you know, that Rocket Mortgage was born, if you will, on, on the Super Bowl 2016. We've been fortunate. We've done four others, so five Super Bowl campaigns since then. And, you know, we've enjoyed some success from launching Rocket Mortgage to being the first fintech brand to be a USA Today Ad Meter winner in 2020. And, and then last year, we went number one again. And, you know, we're the first, uh, Rocket's the first brand to go you know, back-to-back USA Today ad meter winner since I think Pepsi and Doritos, the only two brands. And that feels really good to be in a commoditized market where generally the big, big brands that we all know and love, who are, you know, we're on the edge of our seats to watch a Pepsi or Google or NFL or Amazon or whatever it might be. So, you know, to be put in, held up to those big brands on the world's biggest stage is a, it's a risky move, but it's calculated in that, you know you've got the 120 million sets of eyeballs. You know that there's going to be that lift, not only the day of, but the subsequent lift after. And done right, and if you've got a big campaign, you're playing the water cooler game before, during, and after the game, that's where you get the lift. Quite frankly, I see brands that maybe they're in the game and they run their 30 or 60, but then they're forgotten almost the next day. To me, that's a bigger that's a bigger risk than going in and just spending that money and being forgotten in a short amount of time, it's the world's biggest stage. You've got to take risks. And um, my feeling is you've got to make sure that you're doing something that's epic, it's relevant, it's clear, and people are going to talk about it either before, during, or after the game. So we have another podcast and after this, and we're going to really dive into Super Bowl. But man, I remember seeing you that week and talking to Ian and all the agency partners and High Dive and others and just the stress before on how that's going to perform we actually had a good friend of mine, Eric, who's an ex-CMO from Kings Hawaiian, and they they did the first Super Bowl of that company's history, and he kind of walked me through that. And that's such a fascinating world when you have so much on the line for Super Bowl commercials. But let's, I'd like to go back just because your experience in marketing, I think, can help a lot of our audience so many levels because I think we we go to school and we go to classes and we develop some philosophies, and then we get tested. We get tested by board members. We get tested by clients. We get tested by a number of people about what we're doing marketing-wise. And everyone's a marketing expert. What sort of advice would you give to up-and-coming marketing directors, VPs of marketing, CMOs, high-level agency people? What have you learned in the industry that you can maybe give some nuggets to some people who are out there on the front lines and they feel like they have the insights and they feel like they, they, they want to move on some campaigns, but man, you know, you're getting shot at a lot. Like what have you learned in your career that, that really can help some of those people? Yeah, that's right. You know, I was, I was, uh, you can't see me over the airwaves, if you will, but smiling because I think about 
you know, I've been in the business a long time, 25 years in automotive and five years here at Rocket. And people ask me those questions a lot. And one of the things we talk about at Rocket is feedback is a gift. And it's Christmas morning every single day. And everyone's, everyone, like, let, let's be honest with ourselves. Everyone's a marketing expert, or at least they'll proclaim themselves to be. And, uh, you know, so I have 25,000 people that will give me feedback. I have two things today. It's, you know, during the holiday season, I get text messages and emails with ideas. And I love it. But to answer your question of like, hey, advice, looking back on it, I'm really fortunate. And, you know, it wasn't a roadmap and nor did I like, okay, I'm going to do this, then this, then this, then this. When I started this business a long, long time ago, I started working with car dealers. And you think about an automotive dealer, right? Whether it's domestic or import, generally him, her, or they are, they're small business, they're small business owners. They are a pillar in their community. They had, they live, you know, live, breathe and die with their business, right? And whether it's at the dealership in the, you know, in the roles within the community. So looking back on it, I am so thankful I started working with car dealers because car dealers in the automotive retail world, I mean, you want feedback or you want ideas or you want someone that's going to absolutely test you as a marketer, whether it's from a media standpoint or creative, like is the media, are we buying the right media? Is the creative or the message resonating? And ultimately, at the end of the day, are we driving traffic, whatever traffic might be, into a showroom, to a website, whatever we're talking about? The one is understand who the customer and the client is. So certainly the customer from a messaging standpoint, also the client. At the end of the day, whether I'm doing automotive, we're doing automotive or I'm doing working now on mortgage, at the end of the day, I'm trying to drive traffic. We're trying to drive traffic. In the automotive world, that's showroom traffic, you know, folks walking into the door. And then in a non-bank lender such as Rocket Mortgage, where we've got 4,500, 5,000 bankers, we're trying, I'm trying to drive traffic to that, call it that showroom, which is a website, a phone number, whatever it might be, and making sure that my 5,000 bankers, i.e. clients to me, like I'm driving high quality lead flow to them, no different than the automotive space. So one is understanding the client and who you're trying to support, but also the customer's and when we're thinking about one-to-one marketing and communications, which is so prevalent, but I will tell you, you know, one of the biggest things that I love to talk about, Scott, is I still believe in this world that we live in and the use of data is even more, every day that goes by, the, the prevalence, the usage, and how data is helping us drive decision-making, whether it's from a planning, execution, or post-haste, is becoming more and more prevalent. But I still believe that good, good, great marketing is still a perfect blend of art, science, and courage. I never want anyone, anyone to lose sight of it. The science is very, very, very important, but you still got to have that non-qualitative intestinal fortitude when it comes to art and courage. And that's maybe, I'm going to be showing my age a little bit as I, as I showcase that, but data, I, the, the amount of data that we utilize, certainly in the fintech space, and when you're thinking about the complicated fintech offering of a mortgage, personal loan, whatever it might be across our portfolio of brands, that's so important as we think about who, the, who the, the target is and how we can reach that client with the right message, but you still got to lean into the, the art and the, you know, the courage that we all know. And, and whether you're two years into your career or, you know, 30 years like myself, you can't let go of that. Wow. I, I love what you said because I mean, my last podcast, I always say this all the time that, that marketing is completely art and science and you lean too far either way. The creatives want to, you know, at least at our agency, they want to lean heavily on the art side and the, 
media and the strategist and client were really heavy on the science side and you need both. But I love the third thing that you said about the courage side of it is really actually three things. I'm definitely going to be ripping that off because that is... Yeah, I mean, I, I do not trademark that. So you are... <laughs> All right, good. I, I might have to steal I that. I heard along the way, it's funny, I, it was probably a year or two ago, I heard somebody else utilize this. We're talking about art and science and, and this leader uh, and marketing leader said courage. And I was like, it's the same exact way, man. I was like, holy shit. That's so right because I think about when you're working either on a small, medium, large brand, whatever it might be, Super Bowl is the best example of all. Like, yeah, science is there, but, man, it is a heavy, heavy dose of art and courage. If you step away from the courage and you step away from the art, I don't know. You might not, you might not be happy or pleased or see the results you might want if you, let, if you step too far away from what's made this business such an amazing, inspiring profession to be a part of. Yeah, no, I mean, there's so many ways to play it safe and courage can really be the differentiator if you're making the right bets. Well, you're, you're, exactly, well, you're exactly right. I mean, going back to Super Bowl, there's sometimes you watch commercials and they air, and maybe it's Super Bowl, NFL, I don't care where it is. Yeah. You see the commercial and you're like, Okay. And it probably gets a high five in the boardroom and the sales team is like, yeah, we're there. But it's like, but no one cares. Like you're forgotten the next commercial break, you know, because you just, you didn't take a stand. You didn't go big. You didn't, you know, what did you do to take advantage of that moment? And that's where I think the courage, the courage steps in. 100%. I mean, I I bring ads all the time to people and I just say, look, your industry is full of sea of sameness, you know? So you want to do what everyone's doing. Great. But when they're zigging, you need to be zagging. I I have to go back to the other thing you said, though, because it was was incredible. What did you say? Feedback is like Christmas and and feedback is a gift and it's like Christmas morning every single day. I, I mean, man, I think you were talking to me sometimes, too, because. And a lot of people in the agency side, even on the market side, like feedback, people are like, oh, man, because you're really so dead set on your ideas sometimes. And really changing the perspective of feedback is such a good thing. And the other thing you said, which was really great, and I say this in the agency business all the time, is we have two clients. We have our client as a client and their pressures and stresses and things that they're dealing with that we need to, to help solve and be a good partner. And then we have our client's client, which is the customers, right? Which is the consumers. And and you have both. And I think your auto example was really brilliant because you understand as a brand, as an auto brand, you had two customers. You had the consumer customers, which of course, we focus on that a lot. But then you also have your other customers, which is the B2B customer, which is your customer's needs and and making sure that feedback is open and that you're there for them. And, and of course, you're trying to do marketing programs to hit their goals. And so you need to understand the consumer drivers, but also your customers' drivers. I think people miss that a lot. So I I love those two things. Okay, I'm going to cliffhanger people because I know they're going to want to hear just more time with you. And I know we're going to probably talk a little more Super Bowl. There's a ton we're going to talk about. Just a lot of lessons learned today. And I kind of did a little summary of some of them. But I want to jump into another podcast. Uh, I want to end it here because we're going to talk about Super Bowl. Let me read my notes here, the actual title. But man, again, thank you, Casey, CMO Rocket Mortgage. 
In part two of this, Casey and I tomorrow are going to discuss why Super Bowl ads sell mortgages. Again, we talked about some Super Bowl ads, but I want to dive into it more because it's such a big bet. And to Casey's point earlier, I mean, you got to have the courage and the guts uh, to pull something off like that. If you can't wait till our next episode, you'd like to learn more about Casey. You can find his LinkedIn profile in our show notes. Contact him on Twitter, where it is his handle is twitter.com, obviously. You see H-U-R-B-I-S, or visit the company website at rocketmortgage.com. Just one other link I want to tell you about. If you didn't have a chance to take notes while listening to this podcast, head over to the rebrandpod.com, where we'll have summaries of all our episodes and contact information for our guests. You can subscribe to our newsletter, or if you want to talk about the most impactful marketing campaign, you can apply to be a guest speaker on the Reband podcast. Of course, you can always reach out on social media. Our handle is at rebrandpod on LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, all the good stuff. Uh, you can also find me on Twitter at SharkyAZ, also on Instagram and LinkedIn at Scott Harkey. If you haven't subscribed yet and you want daily stream of marketing campaign brilliance in your podcast feed. We publish an episode every day during the work week. So hit that subscribe button in your podcast app and we'll be right back in your business feed the next day. Okay, that's it for today. But next time, remember, it's never too late to rebuild, reboot, or rebrand. 